Shane Ryan, at Shane Ryan here from Golf Digest, is joining us on the Adam Gold Show. Uh, among the many books that he has written, uh, also the cup they couldn't lose about the run-up to last year's Ryder Cup, and he joins us on the Adam Gold Show. All right, let's sing the praises of Wyndham Clark before we talk about what could have been with Rory McIlroy. Do you think there's staying power there? Uh, hey, uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for saying among the many books. There's only been two, but I appreciate you. No, I thought there were more than two. <laughs> just, just two golf ones anyway. A million sitting on my computer that nobody would ever think to publish. But um, Wait, we had Slaying yeah. the Tiger, right? Yep, Slaying the Tiger, the cup they couldn't lose, and that is the end of the list. It's not Chasing Legends also? That is the British version of Slaying the Tiger, based oh, okay. on the fact that we forgot to tell them we were changing the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to fool people who go to Amazon. You're going to fool people who go to Amazon. They're going to buy that book and go, didn't I just read this? It's, that's the scam we're running to sell more <laughs> British copies of the book. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, so Wyndham Clark was awesome. You know, I actually, you know, a little, little pat in the back here. I kind of thought he would win, and I predicted it. Uh, just because, you know, I watched him at the Wells Fargo in Charlotte, and he, despite the fact that I'm a career golf writer, felt like I knew very little about Wyndham mm-hmm. Clark, right? right. Like he, I was like, if you put a gun to my head, I'm like, is he a 42-year-old journeyman? Uh, but, no, of course, he's. He's young, and he's a really elite, elite, elite talent that just took a long time to kind of figure out how to win and how to compete at the highest level. And, you know, a lot of people were kind of laughing because he said, you know, I felt like the Wells Fargo was a major that I won. And, Mm -hmm. of course, it's not. But he did play against an extremely good field there, uh, was being chased down all day Sunday and and held very tight and was very good uh, under pressure. And so once I saw him go up there, I'm like, okay, Ricky Fowler has not been in this situation for a very long time. He never won in the first place, but, you know, he's not been competitive in a PGA Tour tournament, much less a major. Rory, we've seen what's happened to him for the last 10 years. Uh, and then it felt like Scheffler was just a little too far back. He wasn't mm-hmm. cutting well, and then everybody else was as the thing. So the logical answer to me was Wyndham Clark, and it's just based on, you know, how well he played there and, and thinking that I don't think this guy's going to choke. And, you know, he, he had his rocky moments for sure, yeah. but he did what he had to do, and he made some unbelievable pressure shots uh, at the end and, and a lot of short game magic and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought it was a really fun round. And, yeah, all, all praise to Wyndham Clark. He definitely deserves it, and I think we're going to see him win another major. I don't think this is going to be his only one. Shane Ryan is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show from Golf Digest. Just to uh, to the Wyndham Clark he felt like he had won a major because of the fields in those events. It was an elevated event. And you have most, I mean, basically all of the top players on the PGA Tour, you know, maybe there's five or six or maybe seven players who are playing at Live that would have also been in an event like this. So you are playing against an elite field on a very difficult golf course. So I understand why he's why he's saying that. Now to uh, to Rory. Um, you think this one hurt more than what happened at the old course? No, I'm with you. I think the old course takes the sort of, you know, number one spot with the button. Uh, it's the home of golf. You know, he's playing not in his home country, but well, technically, yes, his home country. Yeah. He's playing in the UK. Uh, but you know, in, his, in front of his home people, it, it would have been an unbelievably poetic storybook way to end that drought last year. Um, and you know, probably that's harder. I, I read a comment that he said to his agent yesterday. This is just like St. Andrews, same thing. Um, so there are a lot of similarities there, but I think for sure losing the open had to have hurt more, uh, just because it's so 
that was so devastating. The fact that you lost to a guy who everybody knew was going to live, you know, a few weeks later. Yeah. Um, there was just a lot going on there that it was like one of those things where you're like, here's the storybook ending. Now, how do we reverse it and make it the opposite of the storybook <laughs> ending? Make it the most painful possible narrative. And that's what you had in Scotland last year. What do you think's getting in his way? You, you, you're you're a man given to uh, to th- thought, maybe even overthought as I am. What do you think <laughs> if you had to uh, analyze Rory McIlroy from afar is getting in his way? Because obviously he didn't putt great on Saturday or Sunday, but he also didn't hit it very close to the hole either day. See, after you correctly diagnosed me as an overthinker, I want to say something like, well, Adam, he's just got to win. That's all <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you know, it, it is, you know, it's, it's this thing in golf where if you, if you have enough scar tissue built up, and this happens as players get older, but it can also happen in cases like Rory where things just go wrong for long enough. He said it before. It's like he's trying to win his first major. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a version of Rory McIlroy that has won four majors, right? On his Wikipedia page, that's what it says. But the guy who is going out into the course for these majors and putting himself in contention over and over again, I, I figured it out today. It was 19, since that last major win in 2014, 19 top 10s and 33 majors, which is almost comical when you yeah. think about it, with zero wins. Uh, so, yeah, when he's going out there, he's like a he's a guy who basically is Greg Norman <laughs> at this mm-hmm. point, or, or like Lee Westwood or someone, right? Like yeah. or Montgomery. He's having he has real real trouble doing it, and we've seen all kinds of different things happen to him. And what was so interesting about St Andrews and about yesterday was that it's hard to pinpoint it as a choke, but it's like death by a thousand pars, where you can't you know you're capable of shooting 66, 67, 68, and that would have won yesterday, but you can't do it. You can't make the big putt, and it's just this steady procession where the best you can do is shoot 70, uh, and it's just not going to do it in this case, and so. That's, I, yeah, I just think scar tissue built up is really the full explanation for it and the insane amount of pressure that everybody puts on him and that he definitely puts on himself. This is my, my thoughts on Rory are, and I just, I'm curious what you think about this, is that his next major, whenever it comes, and it may never come, obviously, uh, what, but will be one where he comes from off the pack, off, you know, well back in the pack. Maybe he goes out an hour, hour and a half before everybody else and post a ridiculously low score, like he almost did at Augusta a few years ago. Uh, I think it was the Patrick Reed uh, Masters. He post a huge, I mean, incredible, like a 64 final round, uh, and post a score, and then uh, the leaders fall apart in front of him. But if he ever wins another one, I think that there is a run. He's he, he He's probably playing better today than he ever has, uh, except when it matters the most. Uh, that I think he'll win a, a bunch more if he can crack through and win one. I saw a tweet yesterday that was especially brutal that said, you know, one of these days somebody's going to sign an incorrect scorecard and Rory's going to win his fifth major. Uh, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> well, kind of, kind of feels true, right? It right. Feels, uh, it was like so brutally honest and accurate. But no, I think you're right. I, you know, the problem is we've seen. It, it wasn't the Patrick Reed major. That that was the one, actually, he was right in the final group with him, and he kind of okay. blew it. But there there have been a couple, not just at Augusta, but other places where he makes these Sunday charges. The problem is that he seems to know when he gets too close to the lead. Yes, and he then, does. Then come the bogeys. Then come the bo- right? Like That's another, we talk about death by a thousand pars. That, like the false charge, the false Sunday charge mm-hmm. is another classic genre of the, of the Rory close call <laughs> at majors. So 
Yeah, I mean, it is hard to say how he's going to win. Like, yesterday felt like almost the blueprint, right? Like, there's nobody – like, Fowler can't cut it. Scheffler's too far off and he can't putt. Nobody else is close. All he's got to do is beat Wyndham Clark, who's never won a major before, right? Never <laughs> been in contention at a major. And Wyndham Clark got shaky, like, Wyndham, even par. So all Rory had to do is shoot two under and win. That feels like – you know, it's never easy, but that feels like as easy as it's going to get for him. Yeah. So, yeah, you're almost kind of, if you're like a scientist trying to write a formula for how Rory wins the major, you're almost befuddled at this point. Like, there's no cure for whatever this is. Shane Ryan is joining us here on the Adam Goldger from Golf Digest. Final thing, and I'll bring it back to uh, something that I know you love. Uh, and not only was there the book, The Cup They Couldn't Lose, uh, there was also, if you're interested in the Ryder Cup, there is a great your your podcast series. I've I've gone back and listened to basically all of the episodes multiple times, including the Paul your Paul McGinley episode. You have several. You 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 wax poetic about Paul McGinley, who I thought was very good uh, when uh, he did like earlier in the day coverage. I enjoy listening yeah, to him. Agreed. Um, agreed. Uh, so you don't seem like you're a lock for Ricky Fowler to be on this Ryder Cup team as I am. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know that I thought too much about it. it I think if he keeps playing well, he, he gets close to being a lock. Um, there, I just you know, no laying up had a tweet where it kind of goes through the guys who are automatically qualified, and then the picks. And it's boy, it's tightly packed. You know, you're going to leave some really really good players off that list. Whether it's like someone like Justin Thomas, who it's hard to imagine him not being on the Ryder Cup He's team. On the but Ryder if you keep, team. you would think right. <laughs> but if you keep shooting 80s, there's a world in which you can see that. You know, oh well, okay. If you can't break 78, we can't have it, right? Uh, so, yeah. yeah, it's. but you look at the names, and it's like someone like Fowler is definitely right on the edge. It's going to matter so much. You know, it's all speculation. What happens in the next three months is so important. What happens at the Open, especially, uh, and in the playoffs, it's, it's tough. It's tough because he's coming from out of nowhere right now, and... Yeah, I, right now I'd say yes, but it's a it's it's a really 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 tenuous yes. Yeah, I think I well he certainly has to continue to play well. If he continues right. to play well over the next you know two months, I think he's on the team. I think the interesting thing I, I assume Kepka is going to be there because he's automatically qualified and he is a member of the PGA of America uh, through uh, through winning PGA championships. DJ. Dustin Johnson. I'm I'm going to guess that DJ will be on the team when they get to uh, get to Italy, unless he either tells Zach Johnson he doesn't want to be on it or he's playing poorly. Yeah, it, a lot depends on the appetite for for taking the live golfers too. Which Zach Johnson really hasn't tipped his hand. Uh, the only thing I think about is that you know, in terms of the guys who are vice captains, who are going to be in his ear. You've got Fred Couples, you've got Davis Love. Right. These guys have not been sympathetic to the whole lifting so you know you got brooks captain almost certainly going to automatically qualify but after that you know if you're when it comes down to the human choice where it's like okay sam burns just won a playoff event and he's playing really well and it's him or dj uh how do we call sam burns and tell him he's not going to be on the team right it's it just those little things i think get tough when it, when it, like the push comes to shove so with dj it's yeah he just went five and oh he's been a terrific Ryder cup player um, there's just obvious good reasons for taking him, especially, you know, the way he played this past tournament. He had a good U.S. Open. So, it, but again, all you're seeing these guys is four times, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not going to come back to the PGA Tour. So you'll see him again at Hoylake, and I guess you can judge his results and live and things like that. But I can see him being left off really, really easily. And again, we don't, it's hard to mind me, Zach Johnson, but 
I don't know that those guys in the captaincy sort of tight inner circle are super sympathetic to the whole Liz thing. Shane Ryan. At Shane Ryan here, uh, author of two books, a third, if you're not paying attention, uh, on golf from Golf Digest. Man, I appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the rest of the major golf season. I'll talk to you very soon. All right. Thanks, Adam. You got it. Shane Ryan here on the Adam Gold Show.